I tried to pace my run so much and running a 10 minute mile for me is so hard. So much on my toes and doing like this really quick toe motion. I like loaded my calf up and I was probably doing more ankle motion when I was running than I, I usually do. And I always warm up for a run. I always warm down. This is like roll out of bed, put shoes on and just start pounding pavement and then lay back down and go to sleep. So it's that stop and go, I think was the other thing that really played into it. This is the Strategy of Fitness podcast. Our goal is to energize and entertain fitness enthusiasts by sharing insights from experts in the health and wellness community. From physical therapy perspectives to interviews with professional athletes, special operators, nutritionists, and coaches. We want to help you be your best self. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness. Whoop and the strategy of fitness. It has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Check out the link in our Instagram bio. Get $30 off your first month subscription. Get the brand new 4.0 and start this year off right. Track your sleep, track your recovery, track your daily strain. There's no better tech to wear every single day and hold you accountable. Of course, this podcast is your weekly accountability buddy, but there's nothing better on the market than Whoop. Check it out. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Rowland. Well, Friday night lights action, boys. Speaking of which, I've been re-watching that with Mal. Really enjoyable show. Great show. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. What's going on, guys? Who's your favorite Friday night lights character? Because I think this is a, a great discussion to have here. Big Coach Taylor fan. I mean, look, Riggins, you named your dog after him. I literally named named my pet after him. (laughs) I know that. I mean, he's fantastic. There's also some characters that drive me absolutely insane. And also just the kind of the story arc when you rewatch it. This is the second time through. It's kind of, there are some silly aspects of it, but overall a fantastic show and a great one where like, if you just watched a show because it, and like the wife had to watch it and you, you kind of want to you owe her one. This is a great one because it, it checks both boxes. There's some good sports drama, but Fuck also me. it's pretty sappy. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate compromise show of all time. I mean, it's just fantastic. You get everything that you need. And a quick story about Riggins, my wife, you know, my wife would probably run over me with a semi truck. If Tim Riggins was standing on the other side of the, uh, the road, uh, you know, it's like, what would the, you know, what would you do? You know? And then I'm like, I can't not name my dog Riggins. He's the fucking best character in the show. So it's like, you know, again, we, we, we check both boxes. we got the women involved. we got the men involved. It just doesn't get any better than Friday night lights. It is. It's really good. Rob, what's up, man? We jumped right into stream of the week. Sorry. How are you? I'm sorry. I'm a Friday night light fan. I'm a big uh, booby miles fan. You guys oh, haven't yeah. mentioned him. Well, he, well, that's the movie. That's the movie. Yeah, this is. Uh, There's a show. Is, There's a TV show. <laughs> you, you, I think your son dressed up as Coach Taylor for uh, for Halloween. It was a great costume. Martin never texted me about it though. So it was spot on. You never answered. Or just like that's your mo, man. You just <laughs> just, just like ghost Mar on text. Look just like Coach Taylor. That was a fantastic, uh, fantastic outfit. So what are you? I'm drinking a Stella. Nick, you got a high noon. Rob's got high noon. Or yeah, Rob. Show us this concoction you got here, because two, two of my faves here. Just threw the, the bullet rye in here, and then Zevia cream soda, man. It's it's an outstanding cocktail. Real simple. The Zevia cream soda. Talk about, like, uh, the ultimate treat for me and Bailey. I get some of those and like to pop open a Zevia cream soda and watch Modern Family. It's one of my favorite traditions. 
That's How nice. come everything in your life revolves around a TV show? <laughs> it is it is truly fucking <laughs> pathetic. I watch way too much TV. Nothing like a nice Christmas with the family. Everybody sits down and watches Home Alone on TV. <laughs> you speak my damn language. I mean, what else are you going to do? Watch talk? all seven diehards. It's, you just yeah. can't get what instead gonna, of this bonding. Talk to each other like a bunch of simps? Come on. <laughs> Beautiful weather. It's baseball season. Nothing I like to do than sit down and watch Sandlot on TV. In yeah, my exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it, throw on a lipper and fucking throw on the Sandlot. It's great. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, boys. Well, I think we're going to talk. I think it'll be a quick episode, honestly. I think we're going to talk a little, uh, little CrossFit, little Goggins Challenge because you both took it on. So let's do that. Uh, let's start with your guys' experience. I was in Mexico being just a facetious asshole, pompous prick while you guys were just getting it in. <laughs> you, were, you were dialing it up. You were like a caricature of yourself. I know. It was fantastic. And I knew Rob was probably hating it, which was kind of half the reason I was doing it. But also I was hoping it was at least a little bit entertaining because you guys were in the middle of it. First of all, how's that Achilles doing, Rob? And second of all, just tell us your experience because you're a 225-pound guy that lifts a lot of weights. And you went out and got it. Achilles is it's not good. It feels a lot better than it did on Sunday. <laughs> but it is it's not good. And I don't know when it's gonna feel good. <laughs> it literally feels like two pieces of rubber like rubbing against each other when I move my ankle up and down. Like if you've never felt tenosynovitis, it's an unmistakable feeling. It doesn't feel like it, it should be in your body. It's a really, really odd feeling. Let's talk a little anatomy. Explain to the uh the gentle listener what tenosynovitis is and what you're experiencing. So tendons that are, are robust and do a lot of work have a sheath around them. Um, so Achilles does a lot of work, supports the whole body. So it's got this protective covering around it. that has got a lot of vascularization or a lot of blood flow. And for whatever reason, this, or maybe, maybe it was just the, the running for four miles and then laying down and going to sleep and then waking up and running again without warming up that just really irritated the, the lining of the Achilles. And that thing just swelled up so bad to the point it looked like I sprained my ankle really bad. Like I've never seen swelling emanate out from an Achilles like that. It was, it was ugly. It looked like a bad lateral ankle sprain. It almost looked like you got some of the other tendons. I was asking about your perineals, like the lateral aspect of it was just all, all swollen up. How many miles in did you start to notice? So the first night I ran then eight o'clock the next morning, Mara left for work. So I did a bike at eight, a bike at 12. She came back from work four o'clock I went to do the next run and that's when like it just felt tight loosened up a bit and then by mile two it felt terrible mile three felt worse and the last mile I was I was barely running and anyway, I met I, I ran to meet my wife and some friends at a park so there's no rest when I got there just like moving around chasing chasing a two-year-old around so that just dude I, I can't even explain the the kind of pain it was just stretching it hurt pushing off of it hurt like anything outside of just a perfectly neutral position with no weight was just really painful so i just after that one i shut it down and i just biked until i asked you guys whether it was just i should just go for it on the on the last one even biking was hurting this thing if i couldn't like i had to lower the seat try to keep my foot as flat as possible so i wasn't moving the achilles up and down that was the only thing that felt okay but yeah that last run did i was trying to run without my ankle moving at all and not using my calf so my left leg was with the one that wasn't hurting me was burning by the end of that run. Cause I was just running like an old man down the side of the road. That was like a 45 minute four miler for anyone keeping track at home. The year of the engine doesn't do shit for your Achilles ankles, <laughs> which I don't think is any surprise, but that's, that's pretty, I was surprised 
that that it was hitting you that hard. We'll get into the sleep here in a minute. I wanted to hear how that bothered you and if it screwed you up for the week. Uh, but Dan, how was your experience? It was like 13 miles on the Echo Bike and a bunch of runs. How was that? Good. I did five runs, that's 20 miles. And keep in mind, I've not run, I've probably run three and a half miles in the last four months. Like I have not been running at all. Uh, yeah. So uh, the equivalency, I uh, love my equivalency charts. I've been posting those on Instagram. If I find an equivalency chart, you guys will get it firsthand. And I did the math. So a 10K row, which is what you guys did for the row, was equal to a 13-mile echo. So that's what I did. So I did five 13-mile echoes. Or I'm sorry, seven 13-mile echoes. And I did five runs. Felt good. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's like it took me it took me back to the uh, college hazing days. Wake up, do it, go to bed, go back to bed. You know, wasn't too bad. Knees kind of hurt a little bit, but nothing like nothing like what Rob experienced. But again, I'm built for that. Like you, you want me to like? I feel like I'm one of those I did a rod dogs. I could just go for a long time and slow pace all day. You know, I'll tell you this: the strain, like, and this is just everyone's built differently. Like the competition we did together, like doing that CrossFit competition and having those events. That six hours, and like you're like, I know, I know you like. How are you so nervous about? It? It's like that five or six hours where we're like doing that is infinitesimally harder than doing the four by four. Like infinitesimally, I can't explain how like my body is built for that, but not the other stuff. Like if you asked me to probably do the four by four for a week, it would probably be easier than that. Like doing a CrossFit competition. Yeah, it is interesting. I didn't think you'd have an issue with it because again, you, you do, and you have liked running. Uh, and it's one of those things that even if you haven't been running a lot, you know, you've, you've always just been able to kind of get back into it. Even at our comp, you weren't doing a bunch of running and you I wasn't doing shit. Running. Right. Yeah, I was. And I mean, I suffer. I definitely, I definitely suffered, suffered doing that too, but it, it wasn't my best, but I got it done. Yeah. Um, Rob, do you, do you have any ideas? Do you think maybe the extra, we've already said this, it's good weight, but do you think that played a role in it? Or do you just think, dude, I don't fucking run. And I went out and ran way too much. Yeah, of course I've done like my post hoc analysis on what, why I think it happened. One, I've been run since I did that trail run in November, but I've never had my Achilles swell up like this. So my thought is I tried to pace my run so much and running a 10 minute mile for me is so hard that I think I was just like so much on my toes and doing like this really quick toe motion. I like loaded my calf up and I was probably doing more ankle motion when I was running than I, I usually do. And I always warm up for a run. I always warm down. This is like roll out of bed, put shoes on and just start pounding pavement and then lay back down and go to sleep. So it's that stop and go, I think was the other thing that really, really played into it. And what kind of shoes were you wearing for this, Rob? Oh, uh, I got those ON cloud shoes, which I've I've been running those for like three years. So what's the heel to toe ratio? Uh, I, th- I think those are like a six millimeter drop or something. So sta- like a standard running shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was I was interested. Have you ever messed with uh, the ultra running shoes? Because I've had a pair. Um, they're the zero drop. Have you ever done those? Yeah, I was. I ran exclusively in those for a while, but a lot of their shoes were just like the uppers were super loose and they're like super soft cushioning. I like like a springier shoe. Those are just too soft for me, but I love the wide toe box and I love that, that zero drop that they have. Yeah. I had the trail shoe when I was doing a little bit more running and that was, that was a nice shoe. And I, I like their, uh, some of the models I just, and they're getting better, but just the look of them, you know, the design's not too sexy. It's just, it's just kind of like yeah. a pretty utility, you know, I know, I know you guys are big shoe. on the, on the look of the shoe. That's very important. One of the most important things that actually matters in my life. How was how was sleep? Did it fuck you up? Or were you okay? You, you said you took sleep very personally. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, surprising. Like first night, I didn't sleep that well, just because it's like the, 
the novelty of the event and you're kind of excited. Like I thought I would yeah. sleep from eight to midnight, but I kind of just stayed up, got that one in nap before the 4am run. So that was kind of fine. Second day, I was a little tired. Second night, I actually slept pretty well. I would like wake up, get the work done and I could fall back asleep like almost immediately. So it wasn't great sleep, but then Sunday night, I don't know what it was, man. My, I woke up and I looked at my aura ring data. My temperature was up like three degrees. So I think that I was telling you guys, Mara and Jack were sick the week before. I think that workout just knocked down my immune system. Where I had like a fever that next day. So that night after I got a shitty sleep. So Monday was pretty, pretty bad, but I've caught up. I feel like I'm back to normal now. It was a pretty busy week. It really didn't affect me much besides the Achilles. Like my legs, everything else feels, feels pretty fine. If I think if I didn't have that injury, I would have a totally different perspective on the whole event. Well, and which leads me to my next question. What are you guys overall perspective? I mean, do you think it's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Do you think it's pointless? Do you think there is a reason for people to maybe look, you know, check it out next year? What's your raw feelings? I know, I know your real raw feelings are fuck this. I never want to talk about it again, but it's still nice to do a little AAR. Yeah, I definitely wanted to give you guys the immediate because when I finished my run like 10 minutes from the house, like I miscalculated the distance again. I was pissed because I'm walking on. I can barely walk home. So I just sent a video to you guys to give you my honest feeling. It really hasn't evolved that much. I don't, I don't know what I like learned about myself from doing it. I knew I was going to be able to do it. It's just jacked me up for, for a week. I don't know how, how long it's going to take before I like, run again or I get any lower body training in. I see the value of it. If I was like, doing it with people. There was like a bigger group. Like if I had done it when your whole group did it, like it was nice having Dan and I would do it at the same time, but I don't know. It's not like I, I overcame some like physical barrier. Like I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to make it through 48 hours. It's not like, like when I did the, the ruck marathon, it's like, I trained for that shit for like three months, like going out there, crossing the finish line, you like, and you get first place. Like, God damn, that felt good. Like it's rewarding. But I finished that last run. I'm like, I'm a, I'm an idiot. I'm gonna be hurting for like, I don't know how, when this is going to feel better. Yeah, I think it was cool. Um, Rob, you know, it was fun to do it with Rob. And I thought Rob was going to like, I just had no feeling like if Rob was going to do it. So I kind of did it, you know, last minute. I, I think where the benefit could come, we need to, you know, for me, obviously, Nick, you had your crew. I need to do a better job of kind of recruiting some people, getting more of a crew. And hopefully next year we could all do it together. Um, but I definitely want to shame some people like, you know, that I work with and stuff to, to get in and do it. That, that need to, you know, like you shamed your buddy Kyle that we had on the podcast. Like that was pretty funny. <laughs> like I, I, I like the shaming aspect of it, but it's such a Goggins challenge because there's, there's no fucking, there's no carrot to dangle. There's nothing. It's just like you do it and you did it because you did it. And, and that's kind of the, the end of the fucking story. And, uh, but true. it was cool. I actually linked up with a buddy of mine who, uh, who I used to know who was doing it and we were kind of shooting messages back and forth. So, you know, a couple of people I knew that were, you know, out there doing it. So that was kind of fun. Hopefully next year we can all do it together or, you know, yeah, or Rob, you can never do it again. But the, the one thing I do like, and you mentioned it is like the community aspect. There's so few things in life that like, I feel like I'm doing team sports anymore. And I miss that shit so much, especially because I work out alone, like all the stuff. I mean, this year was damn near enjoyable. It was not very hard. Is chugging beers in between. It was still fucking fun to do something that like most people aren't doing. Uh, one day, I think we'll look back and be happy about these type of stupid things. There is no point to it. I think you guys nailed it. Like, you know, it's not running a marathon and getting it in under three and a half hours or something measurable. But I don't know. It's fun. It's not that fun if this is a long lasting injury, though. I will say, like, I was fucked up for way too long last year. That's why I changed the way I did it. 
when I was doing Murph and I was feeling my legs still not feeling good in May of when doing this stupid challenge in March, I was cussing myself about this thing. So hopefully that Achilles is better in the next two to three weeks. And we're laughing about this. I'm sure you're like me, Rob, or you're like, is this going to fuck me up for the next six to eight weeks? Less fun. Like having like responsibility and you do one of these chat, like if you're on vacation or like the family's out of town, you do, I think it's a totally different thing, but like definitely when you got a, a kid to take care of and you're like too tired to even pay attention and be like, what I'm doing such a selfish thing right now. Like what, what is the point of this? I'll tell you that my favorite, my favorite moment of the whole challenge was, um, it was Saturday afternoon, pretty tired, you know, putting some, putting some miles in. And then Leah just looks at me because she hit the run with me. So what was the run? It was a 2 PM or no, maybe it, yeah, it was 2 PM. She did the run with me. It's like four 30. We're just kind of sitting on the couch, Max and Bailey running around. She looks at me and goes, yeah, I'm pretty tired. I'm gonna, you know, you ruffled up, you know, you ruffled me up in my sleep last night. I'm going to go take a nap. It's like, God damn. I, I mean, they're cl- more classic, classic wifey move than that. It was just, I mean, I couldn't, I wasn't even mad. I was like, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just watch these two rug rats go, go enjoy your nap. Yeah. Whatever. And she, and she explained it to you later. I was like, you realize how ridiculous that was. She goes, if you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. Nah, um, because <laughs> she goes, she goes, it's not mutually exclusive. Just because you're tired doesn't mean I can't also be tired. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but I'll go watch the modern family and drink some yeah. TV. Yeah. That's great. Well, look, I'm glad you guys uh, did it and I'm glad we're talking about it and hopefully it encourages someone to try it next year. And um, on to the next topic. Let's uh, let's do a little 22.2 debrief, even though it's a week late. I do think it was a fun workout for any of the non-CrossFitters out there. I think it's one you could do and, and not hate. A whole bunch of deadlifts, a whole bunch of bar-facing burpees. I guess my just quick hot take takeaways, that workout sucks as much as you want it to suck. I know Mal did it. I know my mom did it. Like, you know, obviously they, they changed the weight a little bit, but... At the end of the day, it's a hundred burpees and a hundred deadlifts. And uh, I will say for a person that doesn't get all that sore anymore, that one fucked me up for a couple of days. Dan, did you end up doing it at all? No, no, medical DQ. So uh, we talked about that. I am uh, out for the foreseeable future and something I, you know, 
we've talked about on the air and, you know, we've talked about both of you privately, but I'm out for the foreseeable future, probably going to transition over to some, uh, possibly some marathon, half marathon training. That's exciting. And, uh, hit the legs, hit the legs a little bit more. So did not do it, but I, I thought it was cool. Like it was one I was chopping a bit, both of these fucking workouts I would have loved to do chopping at the bit to do the, the, the deadlifts of burpees, two movements that I, I don't, I don't say they're great movements for me, but the weight and everything was manageable. The one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Nick and Rob, you can chime in here too, is, is there was a lot of complaints about the open workouts. The first two saying that they were kind of too, you know, um, all encompassing or people weren't getting to show their skill or people weren't getting to expose what they worked on. So I, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on the first two workouts of the open? And do you think they were not skilled enough? My thought is these are intentionally inclusive to get that 350,000 people that sign up and pay their $20 to 400,000 people that pay their $20. I think they want everyone to feel welcome. And I think they do a really good job of programming it for everyone to feel welcome and not scared. I think a lot of people in CrossFit Look at people swinging around on on the rig and saying, oh, my God, but this is stupid shit. I don't know how to do that. That's not how you do pull ups or whatever. So I think they're just trying to open the door, make the barrier of entry easier and easier. So that doesn't mean the workouts are easy. I don't think they're fucking easy at all. I just think they're less CrossFit. Let's put it that way. That's kind of all my take. Yeah, I don't even know what the the first week workout is. So I, I really don't have any insight for you but i like one of my favorite things is people analyzing crossfit workouts because they're all so random to begin with and they they look so deep into this stuff. i'm like dude you're doing like you're just doing a circuit stop <laughs> looking into this stuff so much and unpack <laughs> it's so true rob rob with the, the massive truth bomb yeah honestly at the end of the day you're just doing a whole bunch of movements typically at lightweight really fast how long yeah. can you do it and how long can you hold on <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, there's, there's so much uh, paralysis, you know, analysis paralysis. By paralysis, but I honestly think that's why they're doing it. You know, that first workout was wall walks. That's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, some dumbbell snatches and some box jumps, pretty easy movements to, to do and to learn quickly if you want to do them. And I think that's their whole goal. And I, I think that one of the points I'll just make real, real quick is if you are mad about you've been working on your your squat snatch all year, if you've been working on your ring muscle ups all year, and you you think you're you think you're good or you think you're the shit, fucking make it to the quarters. Guarantee you're gonna find it there. You know, so like I just can't stand like the uh, like if you're complaining about the workout not being in your wheelhouse or the workout not being skilled enough. It's like, and also we were gonna talk about twenty twenty two point three. Listen, if you're that good. If you think you're something, make the quarterfinals. There'll be plenty there. And if you think you're really something, make the semifinals. I guarantee there'll be plenty there. <sighs> That's for sure. Look, none of the good guys are bitching about this. It's only people that kind of suck anyway. Even if you're fringe, you're not really complaining too much. Like, I, I have smart-ass things to say about them, but at the end of the day, I go and do them and pretty fucking good at them, and it's not that big of a deal. The next round, like you said, is going to suck. Uh, 22.3, I've talked to some folks that have done it. It is... A pretty skilled workout. It is a 12-minute time cap, 21 pull-ups, 42 double-unders, 21 95-pound thrusters, and then 18 chest-to-bar, 36 double-unders, 18 thrusters at 115, and then 15 bar muscle-ups, 30 double-unders, and 15 thrusters at 135. So this gets your skill involved. 
Uh, my quick hot take on this one, and after kind of doing some reading, you could lose this on the thrusters. You're not going to win this workout on the thrusters. So be smart with those. The double unders are a mild inconvenience for anyone that knows how to do double unders. Where this workout, in my opinion, is won or lost is in that 15 bar muscle ups. That's where in a 12 minute workout where the majority of normal folks are going to finish between the nine to 11 and a half minute range. That's where the majority of this time is going to be spent. Dan, have you talked to anyone who's done it? Um, I've not, I've just kind of followed along with some people that have done it. And, and uh, I was watching the, some of the uh, highlights from the, uh, you know, they do the announcement and they do the workout. So most of the people that are at the elite level were saying kind of all gas, no breaks. I, I couldn't believe our boy, Chris Clyde got something like a sub six on this which is just fucking obscene. He's really, really good. Like really, really good. And I'm not, I'm I sometimes not I forget it. He's such a normal looking dude. And then I'll throw out like, how the fuck do you do that? He's been doing this when he coached me. He was just like, dude, I've been doing this shit for so long. Like he's got that. It's kind of like when I'm talking about bench or when you're talking about running, like when you've just been doing something for 15 years, 20 years, you just have it tapped. And if you got to go to it and go to that, well, you know what it feels like and you know how to do it. So dude, he's a monster. I think he's sitting in like third right now in the master's division. I wouldn't be shocked if he's trying to go to the games for masters. So we'll see. I can't imagine many people out there that are more well-rounded, you know, and, and he's had success in the teams, uh, you know, in the games before, you know, so it's not like he's never been there. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, your time to go get it is your first year first or second year on master. So she's 35 this year, I believe. So it'll be good. It's going to be a nasty little workout. Again, my tips for anyone that are doing it Saturday morning, as long as you have double unders in the bag, be smart with your thrusters, how you're breaking them up. Like I'm thinking the first round of 21, 42, 21 are unbroken. I'll do probably the, the 18 chest, the bar unbroken, the 36 double unders unbroken. Then I'll, probably strategically break up the round of 18 thrusters so I can go in and my goal is two rounds quick of bar muscle ups. I guess in a perfect world, you're hitting 15 unbroken on my rig. I don't think I'll get that. There's zero rebound. I don't know if you've ever been on like a, a wider one where you actually have a little play in the bar, but on that little narrow three footer, there's no play on the bar. So I really get very little rebound and I, I prefer to play it safe. So I'm hoping like maybe a, a round of eight, seven, something like that. And then you just go get it on that 135 pound, 15 rep thruster bar, which is just going to suck dick. The uh, your rig, as far as like, I don't know, I, I just the spacing there, like, I don't know if I'd have feel comfortable doing a bar muscle up on your rig. It's just, it's, it's very claustrophobic. And I, I know you have it hammered to a T, but I've been over there before. It's a little tight. It's tight. And I only get reminded a couple times a year when I'm swinging on an actual rig. When you're on a big six or eight foot long rig, you can really bounce. I mean, it, it gives you play, your, yeah. your weight can really bounce a bit. And those little narrow ones, man, not a fucking bit. Yeah, it's it's super. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have the same rig in my house, and it's very stiff. You know, like yeah, it's yeah, a no play. And it also, I think that part of that too is the the width is you know kind of like you're saying the width is so much less that you know get a lot less of a lever arm there if you get that whip. Yep, whip and nay nay. That's what I'm talking about. But hey, man, after this, we'll be moving on to the quarters. I think they're in April, so I've got a couple months to get fitter. Month and a half. And then I'll probably go down there and do that in, in Lewis. My boy DeMalto is 
right on the fringe of that 10%. So I'm hoping after, after he's having a great show, he was having a great show, right? He had a great, yeah. great show in that first round. Yeah. Eight rounds on that first workout. It's nothing to shake a second. That was a tough workout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He hit tonight uh, under the cap. I think he did it like 11 something. So they do a big Friday night lights down there in CrossFit Lewis. So hoping he makes it and then I'll probably go down to his place and hit all the quarters workouts. So excited to see what, what happens there. So that means you're already sitting in a good enough position that you know you're making quarters then? I don't know. I don't know how this new system works. Yeah, you got to make top 10%. I think I'm sitting in, you know, the second or first percentile for, for master's athletes. So, again, my goal here is not to smash the open. I, I feel like I could have went back and done both those workouts faster if I would have done them twice. They're both gameable workouts. So is tomorrow's. Definitely repeatable workouts. But I just want to get through them and get back to my actual training. The one thing about this open that is a bit strange is like, and it is where the the loyal CrossFitters get bitchy, is like there have been no snatches. There have been no cleans. Like stuff that people work all year to try to showcase, there hasn't been a goddamn bit of them. They're coming. They're going to be there in the quarters. And uh, I'm hopeful that I'll be ready for them then. But that's enough about us. Um, Although we have nothing else to talk about. So let's just segue to how we get out of all these episodes, which is just listening to Dan talk about what he's streaming. (laughs) I started winning time. The Lakers uh, show on HBO Max. How is that? I'm like, I just started it before I hopped on, actually. So I'm only like a half an episode in, but it's awesome. I mean, it's got everything I need. Like, Did you know that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell are no longer friends? So Adam McKay is the dude who plays Ben in Parks and Rec, and he's the guy in Step Brothers, right? He's the one who helped. I guess he co-wrote all these things. Well, that's Adam Scott, ben? who you're thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of Adam Scott. Fuck Adam McKay. I don't know that. Adam McKay <laughs> is like the creative guy behind the big short, Step Brothers, Anchorman, the other guys, Talladega Nights. He w- they went into business together after SNL, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And then Adam McKay has just been on this tear and Will Ferrell, I guess, wanted to slow down a little bit. So then they broke up amicably. They were still buddies. And then Adam McKay is directing the show you're watching right now. I think he may have written it too, or at least bought the screen right. And they had a guy that was supposed to play Jerry Buss. He dropped out and they called John C. Riley and they offered him the thing. And I guess John C. Riley and Will Ferrell are like best friends, and this just blew up the McKay Ferrell relationship. So I like the drama behind it. Um, I've heard I no idea about that. nothing but good things about it, but you know, if the gentle listener does want some TMZ drama, there is some surrounding this. Rob, you've been smoking anything good? No, last time we met, we talked about smoking for the uh Jack's second birthday party, right? Yeah. I, I got I got nothing, nothing new since then, just just some massive meal prep, you know. Meal prepping for a grown man. He's, he's paying me to cook his meal for him. There's been two or three people individually that have hit me up about how ridiculous that is. So keep us posted on that. And I also like, <laughs> I like how little Rob, uh, my second favorite Rob stranger that I don't know, is uh, calling us out on text messages. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> we got we to gotta bring him on and talk about <laughs> how to get to the yes, stage and like, you don't know how to cook food for yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I love that. That'd be a great idea. Let's talk since we don't have a, a ton to talk about. Let's let's talk about those chocolate uh, Lucky Charms 
you did it. They were something you picked up at Aldi before. And look, they're limited time. You can only get them around this time of year. Absolutely fantastic little treat, right? So, all right, let's, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm going to cut you off because I've been talking about that a lot this week. I've been asking every young athlete in the training room what their top three cereals are. Mm-hmm. So let's go around the room. What, what are your top cereals back in the day? Give me, give me your top three. My top three off the dome. Uh, frosted fl- or not, not, oh yeah. Frosted flakes. Sorry. Cinnamon toast crunch and honey nut Cheerios is the classic. Still love honey nut Cheerios with uh vanilla almond milk. Hmm. As a kid, I loved like cookie crisp and, uh, cocoa pebbles and shit like that. But I'm talking like an advanced type Nick. Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan's got know. something weird. I can't wait for this. He probably eats like the special blueberry captain crunch. No, I, I will say captain crunch is definitely in there for me. You know, not not anything like off the cuff, but just the standard, you know, Captain Crunch with blueberries is fucking fantastic. I will give you a weird one. It's called S'mores cereal. They had it at Gettysburg in the dining hall. Every meal it was like my dessert. I cap it off with the s'more cereal. Fantastic. Number three, I'll go cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, CTC, you really can't go fucking wrong. I mean, love it. Lucky Charms are my honorable mention. Love Lucky Charms. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, obviously, because it makes the best tasting milk you're ever going to have. Dude, just blow your... The best part. Um, Lucky Charms, because there's strategic eating to it. Do you save all the marshmallows for the end? Do you try to get a marshmallow in every bite? It always makes you think while you're eating it. Yeah, I leave it up to God. Like, wherever that spoon hits, it's like whatever content. I I don't care if it makes me a little child. Cocoa Pebbles are... Something about the texture. I can't do Frosted Flakes, man. I had a sore throat one time. Those little jagged little Frosted Flakes really <laughs> scarred me. I'll never go back. Things are like I razor blades. Well, look, now that I'm thinking about it, there's two others that really jump out. And they look, depending on the day, I could move them around. The Kellogg's, it was like fruit and, and yogurt cereals, really good. The Reese Puffs. Reese Puffs, Reese Puffs are really, really, really. I might good. move Reese Puffs up there into my top three because there is nothing nutritious about that. You cannot <sighs> tell me that a bag of Kit Kats is less nutritious than a bowl of that. You're literally dumping milk on a Reese cup at that point. <laughs> like, it's literally nothing different. Here's one: O's, O H apostrophe S. Okay. <laughs> You ever had them motherfuckers? No. Very I'm hard vaguely to find. remembering this. Dude, they are, and my wife, like her family grew up on O's, and I'll have them at her house, like her dad's and mom's house, and we'll get them, but that you can only find them like Acme. They're at very specific grocery stores, but I'm telling you, if you ever find O's, it's nothing but sugar. It's like a Cheerio that took all the uh, testosterone in the world. It's like a fat ass Cheerio, and then they put all the sugar in it and these little yeah. nuts around it. <laughs> This is, it is sugar-coated. Mother, it's a motherfucker. Sugar-coated Cheerios. This is the yeah. O's are the goat. That's the fucking cereal. Dude, right nothing there. gives away where we're from more than talking about O's. O's. <laughs> it just sounds terrible. <laughs> Cheerios. O's. So good. So good. All right. Well, look, boys, we were in and out tonight. Any hitters before we go? I have one. I got a hot take, by the way, about music. It all sucks now. I, I keep going back and listening to old music because new music's just terrible. Can we just get a steady stream of decent music for fuck's sakes? New music shouldn't have to be discovered 2016 music or 2005 music. Like, this is brutal right now. Speaking of which, Lupe Fiasco, Hustlers, H-U-S-T-L-A-Z, 
is a 2006 track that was left off the Food and Liquor album for whatever fucking reason and just got released. It is beautiful. You guys will fucking love it. So check it out. I'm going to go with it again. Like you said, there's nothing good out. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly tried to single-handedly save music with a pop punk album. God bless him. You know, it was actually tried. pretty good. Actually, It was pretty good. I mean, pretty good. It was pretty life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go into the uh, fucking problems. ASAP, Drake, 2 Chains, Kendrick. It's yeah, an older one. great. It's a classic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, popped up on my list. Got me fired up. It's a good one. That's it. All right, cool. Well, we uh, we just wanted to get in here, do a quickie about the 4x48 and do a little CrossFit recap for everyone. But uh, we'll be back with some new and old guests coming up soon. And hope you all have a good week. Later. Later.